my family and my best friend and I were visiting Lake Tahoe. And the afternoon was just utterly normal. It was September, not especially hot nor cold, but clear. And after lunch, we decided to go paddleboarding. My husband, Jesse, had our son, Sam, on his board. And my friend, Lori, had my daughter, Alice, on hers. And I paddled on my own. We had done this many, many times, too many to count. The water wasn't glassy like it is first thing in the morning, but it was calm, just little ripples riding in to the shore. We paddled towards the opening in the cove, just playing around. It was as we began to push out past the neighbor's pier, out into the open water, that we noticed the wind. Lori and Alice and I were out past Jesse and Sam. It looked like they had maybe already turned around. It feels like the wind is beginning to pick up more, Lori called to me. Maybe we should turn back also. I agreed, and we headed back to shore. Well, we tried to. I paddled hard there on my own board. The, the sudden wind was pushing us towards the center of the lake. I decided to aim uh, more at an angle, and I did. I began to make progress. The neighbor's pier started to slowly grow taller before me. But each time I looked over my shoulder, Lori and Alice were smaller, further away. Concerned, I paddled back out to them. Lori looked worried, too. With the added weight of a second person, they were not making any headway. They were being carried out steadily further from home. We were far beyond the protection of the cove now, and the waves were tall, rocking us up and down, carrying us deeper into the massive lake. Staying together seemed important, but we, we didn't know what to do. My daughter Alice, newly nine years old, stretched to hold the two boards together. It it was too much for her, I thought, but she strained and managed. Lori and I then knelt down on our boards and paddled both as hard as we could, the, the two boards jostling and slapping down hard on the waves. We paddled and we paddled and we paddled without making any perceptible progress. We were so very far from shore now. The, the buildings stood as tiny dots, the, the trees all in miniature. Finally, we, we stopped paddling. It was accomplishing nothing except exhausting us further. 
I wondered how much Alice could see the fear in my eyes. This, this might be how we die, I remember thinking. My daughter, my best friend, and I all going down in these relentless waves. We were cold and terrified and desperate. The crowds lining the sides of the road into Jerusalem, they know this desperation. I think most of us do at some point in our lives. They have been living with terror, the the chill seeping into their hearts for ages. Such is life under Roman occupation. They don't know when a soldier might turn up demanding the coat off their back. They don't know when a tax collector will arrive to take that month's wages or or when a friend will be carted off as an example, caught mocking the emperor when they thought no one could hear them. They don't know how they might help their families thrive. And yet, even, even as they stand in this desperate need, The songs that that spill out from their mouths are joyful. Crowding along the street, they sing out in elated hope. Blessed is this one, this our king. Peace in heaven, glory in the highest heaven. They echo the angels singing at his birth. The whole cosmos giving thanks for the incarnate one. And there's a deeper refrain to their song, too. Luke does not record it in his gospel, but it's present in the other three. We sang it this morning as we processed in. We sing it every week in the Eucharist. Hosanna, they shout. Hosanna, Hosanna. They sing, thronging all around Jesus as they walk into the city. But they don't mean, hooray, or or, Jesus, you're fabulous, or we are the champions. (laughs) In that one word is a plea for peace, a plea for life itself. Hosanna means simply, save us. Save us now. So often we hear the crowds of Palm Sunday cast aside as hypocrites, as fools. And I understand why. We know how the story ends. By Friday, most of them will fall away or or outright betray Jesus. But right here, in this moment, they've got it right Sure, they they are confused about how their help will come. They they are most likely imagining Jesus into the form of, of a warrior, a powerful leader who will overthrow the empire with military might. And yet they are right in looking to him. 
They have been listening, holding the stories of love he offers alongside the cruel world they live in. The crowds jostle to hear and join this humble teacher trusting that when they call out, save me, he will hear them. They are right in knowing that they cannot do this alone. Out on the choppy waves of Lake Tahoe, Lori and Alice and I were clear, too, that there was no way we could do this on our own. We saw a a pontoon boat sail by, and we, we waved our paddles high, but could not catch the attention of the revelers. Later, later a speedboat hurtled past, adding a wake to the waves, but they did not see us either. We waited and fretted, grateful to be wearing good life jackets, but unsure how we could even ask for the help we so desperately needed. I I had been a lifeguard, I thought, yet I could not save myself or them. And there, riding the towering waves, we waited. Was it half an hour, an hour? I, I could not tell you. Finally, we, we thought we could just make out the shape of Jesse coming towards us in a kayak. Were were our eyes playing tricks on us? But slowly he, he grew bigger, popping up and down over the waves, and at last he made it to us, and we all climbed onto this double kayak. It rode low in the water, but it would do. The kayak was so heavy that the trip back to shore was treacherous. We, we paddled as hard as we could and only inched forward through the wild wind. Water crashed over the bow, spraying us. I saw how cold Alice was, shaking her, her hands white as she held on. Finally, though, finally, We slipped into the calmer waters of the cove and paddled quietly to shore. We were home. Our rescue was not fancy. It was not easy. It came not in in the power of a helicopter or with an impressive speedboat, but a banged-up old yellow kayak paddled by this most familiar face. It was nothing we could do alone. So often we we push back mightily on the notion of being saved. It runs against all of the 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 up-by-the-bootstraps mentality that we are steeped in. It interrupts this dangerous, dangerous invention that whatever life throws our way, whether on a a grand scale or in the minutiae of our days, we should be able to handle it 
Be our own heroes. This complicated day of Palm Sunday invites us to live another way. What would it take to recognize when we are in over our heads? What would it take to say so out loud? This day invites us not just to see our need and ask for a hand, but but also to honor this whole ark as a holy celebration. We need help. We can shout joyfully. And we can join the crowd in their wisdom singing out, Here, here is our help. Hosanna, save us. Save us now. Yes, the crowds will fall away. Even most of his friends will. We, we will fall away too, just as we always have. Again and again, we will forget. We will grow confused and scared. We will try once again to do it on our own. Many times over. Which is why we tether ourselves to hope and utter this joyful plea that God would save us, that God would save us now. We sing it week after week, year after year, because it does not happen just once. It is a practice, a way of being. Hosanna, we cry again and again all our lives. And again and again, the Holy One comes for us, carries us home, finally setting us back on dry land. 